The Syracuse Sports Podcast is presented by the Bill Rapp Superstore. Oh, baby, Brian and Bruce, they're fired up. The Orange are in the tournament. So get on over there to the Bill Rapp Superstore. And while you're talking hoops, looking at pre-owned, looking at new, looking on BillRapp.com where you can calculate your payments, it's an all-star shopping experience one way or the other where you always get a great deal. And it's always the smart choice at the Bill Rapp Superstore with more at BillRapp.com. Let's use a pro wrestling reference. For the Syracuse University basketball fan base, there is no greater heel than Doug Gottlieb. You're taking some bullets there broadside with uh, some of the uh, Syracuse comments. How you hanging? No, what happens is um, you got a fan base that thinks I got something in for them because I'm the only one that has been kind of straight down the middle fair and pointed out when they're good, they're good, and when they're not, they're not. For years, Gottlieb has been right there, front and center to question Syracuse's inclusion in the NCAA tournament, to question Jim Beheim, and to question anything orange. Well, other than his Oklahoma State Cowboys orange, which was the latest subject of Gottlieb's ire towards the orange, the Syracuse version. Tweeting on Sunday night that it was, quote, laughable that the orange were in the NCAA tournament over his beloved Cowboys, who happens to be his alma mater. I caught up with Doug to get his thoughts on why Oklahoma State belongs in over Syracuse, how the selection committee viewed the field this year, and Doug even gave us a little preview of Syracuse and Arizona State and what to expect in that play-in game Wednesday night. I also caught up with Mike Waters and Donna DeTota, Syracuse.com beat reporters, to preview Syracuse and Arizona State to discuss just how far the Orange can go in March Madness in 2018. And what exactly do you do on an eight-hour drive to Dayton? But first, my conversation with Doug Gottlieb of Fox Sports. Doug, I think they said it best in a movie once. We just can't quit you, right? Another tweet <laughs> last night. And look, Syracuse is certainly a very controversial team uh, in the tournament, if it's your opinion or anybody else's opinion. But l- let's start with the tweet. What is it about Oklahoma State that you felt uh, warranted a, a bid over Syracuse? Um, they just had better wins. I mean, not really even comparable in terms of a better quality of win and a better depth of win. I mean, look, Oklahoma State wouldn't have been even my first team that I felt was most snubbed. I thought Middle Tennessee State uh, should have been in the field. Um, I would have been okay with Notre Dame just because, you know, I, I, I know I understand the idea they lost to Ball State with Bonzi Colson, but, you know, the resume is about the same as everybody else, and then that's taken into context that they didn't have their best player and one of the, you know, 25, 30 best players in the country for a good portion of conference season. I think a reasonable person would say that Notre Dame uh, is better than what their, uh, what their resume would tell you. Um, but in comparison to Syracuse, like, I, you know, the, the, the biggest, there's, there's two issues here. One, uh, Syracuse had worse losses and the wins weren't as good. And, you know, one of the things Syracuse gets credit for, which is a little bit of luck and a little bit of smart scheduling, is, you know, Buffalo and Iona, who end up winning their conference tournaments. And both are quality, you know, they're really low majors, not mid-majors. The real issue in college basketball is when you play somebody 150 or below, you play a guarantee, those are guarantee games. You play a bye game, everybody wins those. So who really cares what... (laughs) Who really cares, you know, what the ranking of those are? Like, who are the six best non-conference games you played? Did you play high major schools? And, you know, um, Oklahoma State's schedule was as or more difficult, and they didn't lose to a single team that didn't make the NCAA tournament, not one. 
whereas Syracuse, you know, they lost to Wake Forest. There's some other losses, Georgia Tech. I mean, you know, there's just a wide variance. I mean, my, my big issue, I think, on Syracuse is I think, was there ever a moment this year where you felt like they were a really good basketball team? Okay. You know, and look, I, I, I will be in full candor. Like, Oklahoma State had some absolute stinkers against pretty good teams. Blown out by Baylor twice. Blown out by TCU. Uh, K-State beat them twice. You know, if, if they were excluded, like, that's fine. Um, I, I don't see how you put the two next to each other. And down the stretch, Oklahoma State beats Texas Tech, beats Kansas badly, then beats Oklahoma all three, you know, Texas Tech's a three seed, Kansas is a one seed. Whereas, you know, Syracuse down the stretch gets blown out by North Carolina, lose North Carolina home, gets blown out by North Carolina in the ACC tournament. There's just, there's nothing there for me. It's like the Miami win. That's, that's the one that, that puts them in the tournament. Well, I, I don't, I, I think I don't really get that one. The road wins that they got at Louisville and Miami, they probably get some credit for. But Louisville's and, not good. Right. Louisville's not, when, when was Louisville good? Well, and Louisville's the, not good. Well, that's and, what I want to ask you is what did we learn from the committee here? Because it seemed like, you know, Syracuse had a lot of certainly strength of schedule and RPI and all the. the that's what they, did, they, they did it. Our, what we learned here was they went by the spreadsheet. That's it. That, that you, had, you had guys that went by the spreadsheet. And on the other hand, I mean, they did they screwed they screwed middle on the spreadsheet where middle was actually you know for a for a conference USA school they actually stepped up out of conference they just didn't win they had three close losses to good teams uh, but you know they went by the spreadsheet they went because the spreadsheet said Syracuse played a good strength of schedule I mean honestly tell me where Florida State's how Florida State's so good Florida State's nine and nine in the league they lost Oklahoma State on a neutral in Sunrise Florida. Like, where's, where's their big win is Louisville on the road, again, who didn't make the tournament. And I like David Padgett, but, like, it's Louisville coached by their third or fourth assistant. I mean, they, that's, not a, that's not a great win. They're okay. Um, they're talented, but they're okay. So I just, I, I think the lesson is they simply went, but their default was they went total body of work. They went by the spreadsheet. The reality of it is, like, Oklahoma's been a joke the last, Two months, right? Like everybody, everybody was in love with Oklahoma, myself included. Then they got exposed. They stopped guarding. They had no momentum. They had poor, poor body language, and they couldn't beat anybody. And they got buried by Oklahoma State in the Big Big Twelve tournament. And the committee's like, eh, we'll go by based on what they did in November and December. You know, Arizona State, same thing. Like I've called a bunch, a couple of Arizona State games. Like they've been terrible. They've been terrible. In the in the uh, in the months of February, yeah, they lost not good. five of their last six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not good. So the the message is, you know, one, you know, I guess you got to play people. You got to got to get a little lucky as well in your non conference. Uh, and you know, we're going to go based upon the spreadsheet, not based upon uh, what team you are going into the tournament. But you know, my my issue with Syracuse is not anything personal. It's simply. I don't remember the moment to which I was like, oh, Syracuse is pretty good this year. They're coming around. Like, there was never that – there was never any momentous – and, like, you watch them every day, Brent. You tell me. But when was the moment – and because and Oklahoma State, I felt like, turned. Uh, OU turned for the worst, or Arizona State turned for the worst. I just – I don't remember that – I don't remember that point in time to which I was – I sat there and go, you know what, this team is evolving into what could be a dangerous tournament yeah, team. Yeah, and that's – the interesting thing there is, you know, Syracuse, you know, struggled. They had a bunch of injuries, but they were, yep. you know, short of, say, Virginia, North Carolina in a couple games. 
they were very competitive in a lot of games. Were they great in any game? No. But I think they did what was asked of them. They scheduled, they went on the road, they played tough teams, they won enough games to be in the conversation. Now, where it gets interesting is you brought up Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Another team that seems to you know, be right at the top of the list is USC. Where does you know, Syracuse relate there? And, well, 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 well yeah. hold on. Let, let's, go, let's go back to the, where's the meat of their schedule. I, I don't, I don't, they played Kansas. They played Georgetown. Maryland. Where's the big? I don't understand. Like where? Like Georgetown sucks, right? And and I mean, are they? And they weren't really hurt by the fact that Georgetown played nobody in the conference outside of them, right? Um, and Kansas stomped them. Okay, and then and then there's Maryland. I don't like that's that's not a great. That's not like it's not like a murderer's row schedule. Right, and then I. Well, right. I, my question with the committee is if they're if they're factoring in strength of schedule, six of Syracuse's yeah. thirteen losses were to the top two seeds. But 15 of their 20 wins were against quad three and quad four teams. So it just right. seems like they're relying on the old metrics. And we were all wondering yeah. how the new quadrant system was going to work. I mean, the quadrant system is basically just the RPI. So yes, correct. that's, that's it's, it's, you know. It's, it's, it's they got McDonald's and we got McDonald's. <laughs> they, they, got the, they got the Golden Arches, we got the Golden Arches. Yeah. It's, no, 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 it's not, it's not the RPI. It's not top 50 wins. It's quadrant one and quadrant two and quadrant... Like, isn't that the same thing? No, it's not because we say it's not the same thing. So, uh, I don't know. The, the, you know, the message here is to me is for the, for the mid major, you know, for St. Mary's. And, I mean, look, this is why Wichita left the Valley. This is why Creighton left the Valley. This is why, you know, Middle Tennessee, they left their league to join for USA, but it's kind of the Sun Belt's chasing them. This is why Gonzaga's going to leave the WCC and don't carry sort of weight and you know Syracuse smartly scheduled they got Buffalo and Iona really really helped them yeah there's a team right um, there Buffalo became a quad one win like over the weekend they were went yeah. to quad two got back to quad one so I you know but, but, Syracuse, but like, is, for it, Syracuse to play a guarantee I don't care how good and I think Buffalo is pretty good and that was a good win it was a hard-fought game too um and early in the season and Buffalo was at full strength as they got the transfer from Missouri before that game. So I'm not trying to diminish that win, but, I mean, there's a little bit of luck involved in, in hey, we got Buffalo. Like, yeah, you're right down the street. That's a guarantee game. It, it, that actually kind of makes sense. So, I, I, you know, my, my flaw is in the evaluation of schedules in that you just do it based on a spreadsheet. You don't do it based upon reality. Like, look, I'll, I'll read you, and I don't have it in front of me because I'm driving, but here's, here's Oklahoma State. They play Texas A&M and Pittsburgh in – Brooklyn, right? A&M was, at that time, A&M was really, really good. A&M is a schizo team because they've had injuries and suspensions, and I don't know how they got a seven seed. I mean, that's a joke. But, uh, so you, you got, they had A&M, Pittsburgh. They played at Florida State. They played Wichita State. Who else? They played Tulsa, who, you know, almost every year is not, not great, but wins about 20 games. I'm trying to think there's one other. And then they played at Arkansas. Like, that's their non-conference. Like, that's better, far and away better than what Syracuse played. And they actually beat Florida State on the road, which is a pretty good win in the ACC, a pretty good win. And they beat Pittsburgh, who, you know, Syracuse beat twice, everybody beat because they suck this year. But, like, again, on paper, the bottom of their, you know, Charlotte, who fired Mark Price six games in the year, and Pepperdine was terrible, and Tulsa was disappointing, whatever, that brings them down. But the truth is, like, their schedule is far and away actually better than all of those other teams. It's just... 
we 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 make it equal. We make we make games that everybody was going to win anyway. They played Mississippi Valley State, and and I actually think, you know, Mike. I talked to Mike Boynton. Like he did it on purpose in some ways because he's like, look, I've never coached before, <laughs> and we have no idea. We lost our best players from last best player from last year, and their second best player was suspended the first part of the season. So uh, he knew he had to schedule light early on because he had the Arkansas game on the road because he had Wichita State. So I, I don't. Everybody wins those games. It doesn't really matter. Um, I just I hate that we just go by a spreadsheet. I think that I think that uh, that makes us look like a dumb right. sport, and, 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 and we're what? not really. I mean, like, like part of the part of the issue is again, this is like where you and I we pay attention to it, and I think uh, and and obviously the committee members pay attention to it, but you know it's like just look at the seating of Virginia, look at the seating of Clemson, look at the seating of North Carolina. Look at the seating of Duke. Like, I don't really care what you finished in the ACC because they're not equal schedules, you know? Um, and Clemson lost their second leading score at Grantham for the year, and they're not the same team as they were before that injury. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, I was, I, I, I mean, like, USC is, USC is a good team, and they're actually better since they lost Benny Boatwright. Like, they're, they're legitimately good. Whereas I'm not convinced that Syracuse or even Oklahoma State or, uh, hell, who else got in that's not, uh, I don't, you know, um, trying to think who else is at the bottom of the bracket is legitimately good. Like, Baylor was going to get in, I guess, if not for St. Bonaventure. And I don't think, and Baylor's been injured most of the year, but I'm not convinced they're all that good. So, uh, you know, it, it feels, I'm sure it feels to a Syracuse fan like here I am, but I mean, like, look, all you have to do is look at the tournament seating, and Syracuse is the last team in. And their resume is flimsy at best. They didn't beat Duke. They had two shots at Carolina. Didn't get it done. They had, they had a shot at Virginia. Game wasn't competitive. So um, That's what's missing from the resume, the wild win, the, the big-time win. Now, now th- that being said, and I'll let you go on this thought, Yeah, I'm going to make you say something nice about Syracuse, Doug. They're in. So what do you like about this team in the tournament, if anything? they got to go through Arizona State in that playing game, then they get TCU next if they win that game. Got to play two and three days. Not an easy turnaround there, but what well, about this no team reason, could... This is, like, this is not unlike two years ago when they made the Final Four. It's like, look, once you get in, um, that zone is di- different than what essentially anybody plays now. The good thing for Arizona State is, you know, they have seen Washington, and it's the same zone. Yep. But, like... Arizona State's not not can't play defense. They have they're actually worse now. That they've added they were when they were playing really well. They were playing six guys, playing small ball, shooting threes, and it was crazy. They're not that team anymore because they've added some size and some depth. And you know they really struggle. You know they really struggle to defend and to rebound. So like look, I mean this is what happens like every year is the last team in wins a couple games and then the fans go like, oh you guys are idiots. Like no. There's just a difference between can you should you be included in the tournament and can you win games in the tournament? And look, TCU they lost uh, they lost their starting point guard. They've been better since probably since they lost Jalen Fisher, their starting point guard for the year. They're good. They're not great. I mean, there's and and you know that's Jamie Dixon. So it's not like it's a style of basketball that that uh, that Coach Beheim and his staff haven't seen before. So yeah, I mean, like, look, this is a surprising team that's playing with good energy, and there's no reason to think that they can't compete and win the first couple of games. Um, it's gonna be fascinating to see the Arizona State thing because, uh, as as much as Syracuse lacked, like we said, the wow wins and the quality finish and blown out by North Carolina, Arizona State's been a disaster. 
Um, so, like, look, those little guards, they're, you, I'm not sure anybody's seen anybody in the, in the ACC play the way Arizona State does. They'll throw three little six-foot guards at you and just start, and just start jacking. <laughs> and they got a kid, Trey Holder, who's really improved. And, I mean, he personally, personally beat Xavier. I mean, it was like an M1 mixtape. It was crazy. Uh, but these are, those are two winnable games to start, uh, to start the tournament for the Qs. Doug, always appreciate your time. Uh, your mentions will be full of Syracuse fans for the next week. I'm but sure. uh, what, what else my, is yeah, new? Mike, right? Mike, Mike, Mike Tarico threatened to come on my radio show, and I was like, Mike, was there any? I, I texted him. I was like, was there ever a point to which you're like, hey, this team is really good? He's like, no. How about a shout out to a team that's never on the bubble? The Bill Rap Superstore, Brian and Bruce. Those guys bleed orange. They love talking hoops with you, and they're celebrating the season with slam dunk deals. Boom, basketball reference. New Subarus, Buicks, GMCs. You can get live market pricing on pre-owned vehicles. How about credit approved, value on your trade? You can calculate your payments online. That's a good idea. Get on BillRap.com and figure it out there because you always get a great deal. It's always the smart choice. And you can shop online at BillRap.com. So we are here with Mike Waters and Donna DeToda, and it should be duly noted Ladies and gentlemen, the last time we did this, we were all trying to figure out how to pronounce Marek Doljai. I think we got that down. And here we are. It's come full circle, and Syracuse is in the NCAA tournament. The question at hand, uh, we know how Doug Gottlieb feels about this, but the question at hand is, should they be in the NCAA tournament? Michael, I start with you. I. Uh, how about if I just say, yeah, I guess so? It was one of those years where they're so close to the bubble that – yeah, there's an argument to be made that they should be in, in non-conference strength of schedule, quadrant one wins, went away from home, won, won some games. Uh, so you can argue for but if they had not made it in, like let's say Notre Dame went in instead of Syracuse, I don't see how you can put up that much of a fuss and go kicking and screaming. Uh, you know, you got in, you deserved it, but at the same time you can make an argument for other, other schools, especially Notre Dame. To put it another way, I don't think there'd be any T-shirts this year if Syracuse didn't get in. I've still got that shirt in my drawer, by the way, from 10 years ago. The orange with the... Uh, we got screwed. Yes. TK99. Still got that T-shirt. <laughs> it still fits, by the way. Impressive. That's Good impressive. for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Donna, why did they get in? They got in because they had a great strength of schedule. Their non-conference strength of schedule was 14. Their overall co- overall schedule was 18. So they went out and they played some teams, and they got a little tiny bit lucky that Buffalo was really, really good this year and St. Bonaventure was really good. Both those teams were in the top 30 in the RPI. Uh, they also beat Clemson, a team that was 11 in the RPI, and they won at Miami. All Those two wins were huge. The win over Buffalo was huge. Um, to Mike's point, though, if they hadn't have gotten in – you know, they wouldn't have had too much of a complaint, really. They had a bunch of chances to win quad one and quad two games, and they didn't win them. Um, you, you know, and you could make an argument for Notre Dame. You could make an argument. I think the second team that could make an argument was USC. Um, uh, the, the team I think that everybody's squawking about is Oklahoma State, which had probably the best wins of anybody that didn't get in. But their non-conference strength of schedule was 310. Ugh. I mean, that is about as lame as you could get. That's awful. So they, they can blame only themselves, really, for not getting into the NCAA tournament because they, they really they won a lot of really impressive games. Well, while we're on this note, we're all wondering how the quadrant system was going to work and some of the new wrinkles this year. But it seems to me, and I know you've talked to Kip Wellman about this, Donna, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Syracuse is going to schedule like this going forward, right? Why wouldn't they? 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he, Kip and I talked this morning. We've talked in the past about scheduling. It's a very delicate balance. You know, you don't want to hammer, if you have a young team this year, like Syracuse said, you don't want to hammer them with a lot of really hard games, but you have to put a few teams in there or put enough teams in there that are capable of being really good teams and really good challenges so that if your team wins those games, you have impressive wins uh, to look at at the end of the season. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's, I think it's really, really tough to do as a scheduler. You also have to take into consideration other teams that you might want to play who don't have a space on your schedule when you have a space on your schedule you know Kippett said they've been trying to schedule Buffalo for a few years and I just finally were able to get them on um, so it's you know it's a tough thing I think it's really uh, scheduling is really really hard to do it takes a little bit of luck too you know you mentioned luck before you know Syracuse is always going to schedule Colgate and Cornell and generally they're not that good but this year both of them had pretty good seasons Colgate especially true and neither one of them ended up in the bottom 100 of the RPI so Syracuse didn't have a single team that it played that was in the bottom 100 of the RPI in a lot of years you could start off with those two upstate schools and maybe end up with you know a Texas Southern having a bad year or whoever else is on the schedule so yeah it's nice to have a few of the other teams on on your schedule have decent years so if you're somebody in the past that felt like the first four, the play-in game, whatever you want to call this, was not the tournament, I guess your opinion is changing <laughs> on that now, right? Syracuse fans, I said on last week's podcast, I said, look, if you said that in the past, if you deleted that, you might want to go you know, back and delete that tweet from the past because I guess this is the tournament. But what to use the expression, a first experience here, the first four, you guys looking forward to going to Dayton and seeing what this is all about? Are you? Uh, I'm not looking to the eight-and-a-half-hour drive <laughs> yeah. to Dayton. I am not at all looking forward to that. Mike, you got any stories queued up, hopefully, that we can – some funny movie – weird movie trivia that we can some listen to? Some Texas TV show theme songs. Yeah, we're big on theme songs yeah. on the car rides. Oh, we, I would, we I would, just, I would you, destroy all of you. You would crush it? I would yeah. destroy all of you in this. I wish yeah. I was going on this road trip now. Mike yeah. is the king of the <laughs> bizarre movie reference. So, okay. uh, you know, yeah. we're going to hope he comes up with a couple of ideas. Usually I'm lucky trip. if even one person in the car laughs. I've got another suggestion. We to generally have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they tolerate me, Brent. They barely tolerate me. The Syracuse Sports Podcast could kill a little time, too. You could catch up on that. Just saying. Just, just, I just, hear this just is going to be a good suggestion. one. <laughs> just a little suggestion here. So, yeah, the first four. I mean, yeah, you watch it every four. year. Do you pay attention to it? You know, it, I find it interesting because they put the 16 seeds in there. It's yep. like, boy, they screwed those guys. You know, you think you're in the tournament, and then you got to go through Dayton first. But the, the thing about this, guys, is what, put all Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, USC aside, it feels like Syracuse is a first four team. Like, they are the perfect candidate for this round, for this game. So we might as well see them playing it. Yeah, I think they're they're a perfect first four team. Like, Arizona State's actually uh, the epitome of a first four team, a team that was ranked in the top five uh, at one point in the season, but now they've lost, what, five of their last six? Four of those five losses are to non-tournament teams. So you can't even say, well, they were playing good teams. Uh, No, they weren't. Uh, so, yeah, I, it is the NCAA tournament, though. It, it's a heck of a lot better to be playing in Dayton than be playing in the NIT. I don't think St. Bonaventure is a first four team. They have nine quad one and two wins. All right, Donna yep. has her St. Bonaventure shirt on. We should I do. I have my sweatshirt on, and I'm going to wear it until we get to the site of the tournament, and then I will all my Bonnie's gear will come off. Okay. Um, however, just looking at that objectively, you know, they, they finished second in the league, uh, you know, they have 27 wins, 26, 27 wins. Right. At one point, they won 13 in a row. 
Um, you know, they won on the road. They won at Syracuse. They yes, won at they Syracuse. Um, and like I said, they have nine Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 wins. Yeah. And I think they're 9-4 and four in Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2. And to me, uh, you know, they deserve better than a, than a, than a play-in game. Absolutely Although, agree. I will say this. I think the playing games are great. You allow a bunch of other teams to get in, and I think that's what it's all about. The more teams, the merrier is what I say. Early thoughts on Arizona State. You mentioned it, Mike. They've lost five of their last six. We know they've got a great backcourt. Mm -hmm. We know they can score. I also know when Bobby Hurley saw Washington in Mike Hopkins' zone defense earlier this year, it didn't go so well for him. Yeah, they lost up in Seattle in that game. Uh, so that was actually one of Washington's better wins. Yeah, they're perimeter-oriented. They have the three kids, six one Trey Holder. Uh, another guard, and then the uh, the six foot five kid whose name escapes me. But they all shoot well. They're all double digit scorers. And as a team, they shoot the three well, and mainly it's those three guys that that shoot it. They don't rebound well. They're not exceptionally big. The biggest starters are six eight freshmen. So Syracuse has had some success this year when they've out rebounded other teams. So I think that's going to be a, a big focus on Wednesday night is controlling the boards and limiting Arizona State to one shot. Yeah, I think guarding the three is obviously going to be huge. It's huge every time Syracuse plays a game because teams are going to take a lot of threes against that zone, and you don't want them to make a lot of threes against that zone. They don't rebound that well, like Mike said, and I don't think they're a great defensive team. Yeah. So can Syracuse uh, get into the paint you know, with their dribble and, and find other guys or, or, or create plays for themselves inside? Um, that's going to be critical as well. Um, those are, you know, those are the, the primary things. I don't know. I don't think they have great size. I don't know how, no. how they're going to deal with Pascal in the middle of the zone. Um, Jim or says even O'Shea. Or even O'Shea. You know, and uh, Jim, Jim says everybody's healthy. You know, Frank's been a, a little bit sick, I guess, and so he couldn't come out yesterday to talk to us, with us uh, after the TBS show. Uh, but he said, Jim says everybody's healthy, everybody's ready to go. The story all year has been the depth, and it just continued throughout the season. It started with Torian Thompson. And continue with Geno Thorpe, continue with Howard Washington Jr., continue with guys that are playing, but obviously limited with, with Barama and Pascal, and it seems like everybody at some point here. So now you got a team that's got limited depth that's got to win Wednesday night, and then they got to win Friday night, and, you know, let's not get too far of our, ahead of ourselves here, but, if you know, this team could play three games in five days if they play really well. But after <laughs> Wednesday night's game, now it's not that far from Dayton to Detroit, but still, you got to travel, and then you got to play another late night game. Then, if you do beat Arizona State, Syracuse is going to play Jamie Dixon and TCU, who at least knows how to go up against that two three zone. So, it's been depth all year, and it might as well continue to be depth in a play in game situation, trying to move on. Right, Mike? Depth depth will be interesting. I don't know if it'll play out Friday. Because with charter flights, and like you said, it's not that far from Dayton to Detroit, they'll probably be okay. But turning around and playing that third game in five days against likely a Michigan State, that's a tough challenge. But you know, they got to win games to get there. And at this point in the season, adrenaline takes over to a large extent. Uh, you get into the flow of the tournament with the press conference, the practice, the game. And uh, so I think they'll be okay as long as they can void like another nagging injury or a nagging injury flaring up again. Like let's hope, you know, Pascal Chukwu's back doesn't bother him. Or his knee. Or his knee or whatever other body parts hurting. <laughs> uh, you know, with these guys now, it's like you, it's easier to list the healthy ones than it is to list all the, the aches and pains all the other guys have. It, it really is quite amazing. We were talking about it before the selection show started yesterday about how th they're just robbed of any depth. And it's like, yeah, if they had an extra uniform, we, I'd be the eighth man. 
They got seven guys, Brent. That's it. They got seven. That's it. It's not like they have ten guys and he only wants to play seven. By the way, they got the, seven. I'm taking Donna. Of the people in this room. Come on, Donna's got a game. No question. You and me. No way. Not no more game. eligibility. And I haven't had game in a really, really long time. <laughs> I'd still like take decades. It. It's still, been decades. I'd still, still the draft you. pick of yes, absolutely. Yes. The draft number one draft pick in this room for sure. Uh, Donna, <laughs> I turn to you. You, you brought him up. O'Shea. I think O'Shea is the key. If this team is going to make a deep run here, I think O'Shea has got to just continue to play the way he has down the stretch. I mean, Wake Forest, he struggled, but recovered a little bit against North Carolina. I see him as the big factor. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think guards are always the big factor in the NCAA tournament. I, I think the way Frank plays and the way Tyus plays are going to be critical. I think Frank in particular, how Frank can play uh, in, in a tournament is going to be critical. Um you know, O'Shea is, to me, an added bonus. And I, I also think the supporting guys are important, too. I think Pascal is wildly important. I think he's way more important than anybody thinks he is. Um, his his presence in the middle of the zone, and if he can catch a couple of lob passes and finish some plays in there, I mean, I think he's a gigantic X factor. I really do. I agree with Donna. And going back to the guard play at the beginning, uh, Arizona State is not a terrific defensive team, but one thing they do is they create turnovers. They kind of play at a chaotic pace. Um, Frank's going to be one with the one with the ball. He's got to control it and get him into their offense and limit turnovers. Whatever kooky trivia you do, you guys might loop me in on, on speakerphone on the way to Dayton. Sure. I'll, we'll be, face I'll be ready. Yeah, there you go. We're not going to be I'll terribly be cranky right now because we've had like no. a week of rest. So uh, last week we may have been a little crankier. But this you guys week doing three, three games in five days. We'll talk then. Okay. <laughs> Talk to us on the drive back. On the from drive back from if it's from yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Uh, That's gonna be a rough. Mike Donna, enjoy <laughs> lovely Dayton. Thanks for coming back on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play to have new episodes sent right to your iPhone, iPad, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Brent Dax. We'll talk to you next time.